Hello and welcome to the Black Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle. How are you doing today? It is the 28th of December. I hope I get this podcast out on time. But, you know, I hope things are going well for you. I hope the sun is shining where you are. And I hope and pray that God's blessing is upon you. Today's subject is a very interesting one. And I took my time bringing it to the forefront because I had already kind of dealt with it and I really didn't want to go down into the rabbit hole of what it would mean to talk about genders and all this kind of stuff but a story came to my attention um it was about a U.S. swimming official who quits in protest over transgender swimmer Leah Thomas and for those of you who don't know Leah Thomas is of course a transgender uh woman who is still biologically male. And she is competing with other biological females. And the argument is that it's an unfair advantage because she is not a female in the same sense that a biological female is female. Does that make sense? Okay. You know, okay, she's taking some hormones and she's going through this transition and all this kind of thing, but it didn't change her muscle mass. It didn't change the size of her body. It didn't change her bone structure. It didn't change her as far as her build is concerned. Now you can argue that there are some women who look like men and who are built like men and who have uh, uh, masculine qualities. Okay, but she's still a biological female. She didn't necessarily sprout uh, a penis. And her bone structure, even though she, you know, she could really be a big woman and a heavy woman, she's still a woman. You You have that. Just like all women are not the same. All men are not the same. Okay? We're not all the same. We're not all built the same. So you could argue that. But in this case, and in the cases before these cases, that these women made these transitions, and, you know, they still have the muscle. They still have the strength. They still had the special training. They still have the the upper hand in a way that a woman necessarily wouldn't have the open, open, uh, upper hand in physical training and in, uh, uh, you know, whereas women have breasts and that we have to adapt to that and we have heavier hips and we have to adapt to that. Men don't have that. You know, they get stronger up top. We get stronger as well, but not in the same way. So um, this transgender woman, Leah Thomas, uh, dominated the swimming, the, the uh, contest, and, you know, by leaps and bounds. Now, I'm not sure if I really care, and that a question was asked of me earlier, and it was, why do you care? And I'm going to talk about why I care in a little bit, but I thought that this was very, very interesting to read this article and then build up on the why I care about this, because it is really, in my opinion, about um, the fight for feminist 
being a feminist, about the fight for being a woman, and how gender, the, the gender of woman, is being erased. And, and, and in the case, in some instances, the gender of men, you know, being erased. But, um, you know, we'll get to that subject in a little bit. Right now, we're going to hit this article, and then I'll just pickle it with my two cents. Anyway, it says, Cynthia Millen has officiated at USA swimming events for 30 years, but she hung up her whistle last week in protest over Penn transgender swimmer Leah Thomas, and she hopes others will follow her lead. Ms. Millen said she notified US swimming, USA Swimming of her decision on December 17th in a December 17th letter, saying she realized as she packed for the U.S. Paralympics Swimming National Championships in Greensboro, North Carolina, that she, I simply can't do this, that I, yeah, I can't do this. I can't support this. So she pulled out of the event. I told my fellow officials that I can no longer participate in a sport which allows biological men to compete against women. Everything fair about swimming is being destroyed, she said in her letter, which she shared with the Washington Times. The 22-year-old Thomas has smashed records in her first year competing against women after three years on the men's team. Here we go. Posting this nation's best times in 200 and 500 freestyle events and making a run at NCAA marks set by Olympic greats Missy Franklin and Katie Ledecky. Ms. Millen said that if she officiated at a meeting that included Thomas, she would rule the University of Pennsylvania senior ineligible to compete against female swimmers. If Leah came to my deck as a referee, I would pull the coach aside and say, Leah can swim, but Leah can swim exhibition or a, or a time trial. Leah cannot compete against those women because that's not fair, Ms. Mellon told the Washington Times. She also called on other volunteer officials to refuse to, to work meets in which male-born athletes take the block against women. This is not right because by doing this, we're supporting this, she said, said Ms. Mellon. There are no swim meets if there are no officials. So far, so far neither the NCAA or USA Swimming the governing body of the swimming in the United States have commented publicly on Thomas's record-breaking season. Under NCAA rules, transgender athletes may compete on the women's team after undergoing a year of testosterone suppression treatment, which Thomas has done. Even so, outrage over her participation is percolating. Swimming World Editor-in-Chief John Lawn, <laughs> that's a name, that on the, in a December 19th editorial that the advantage enjoyed by post-pubescent transgender athletes like Thomas are akin to doping. Some pen parents vented their frustration in the letter last week to the Okay. So Okay. To the NCAA and Penn according to the UK Daily Mail, while two pin female swimmers complained anonymously to OutKick, calling Thomas's participation unfair and demoralizing. Ms. Millen said the owner should be on the adults in the room, 
referring to the swimming authorities, not the athletes. People are saying, why don't the swimmers just leave? Well, those are 19 and 20-year-olds, said Ms. Miller. It's up to us. We're the ones who are supposed to be providing this fair competition. We should be the ones who should be saying, wait a minute. Pushing back are the LGBTQ advocacy groups and publications such as Outsports, which blame the uproar on anti-trans panic. Uh, uh, God, here we go. Trans athletes, Leah in particular, deserve love, support, care, access to be able to swim. And Leah, like any other athlete, should be able to win and lose, said Athlete Ally, Director of Policy Programs, Ann Lieberman, in a statement. Ms. Millen, on the other hand, who appeared Wednesday on Fox's The Ingram Angle, argued that bodies compete against bodies. Gender identities don't swim. I don't mean to be critical of Leah. Whatever's going on, Leah's a child of God, a precious person. But bodies swim against bodies, she said. That's a male body swimming against females. And that male body can never change. That male body would always be a male body. And that is ever, ever, ever so true. Um, and this is my, my, my beef on it. You know, when you have the, uh, it's, well, there's a lot of things. There's a lot to unpack here. And one of the things is as a woman, you know, uh, these people, these, you know, uh, Leah, these transgender women, they are post-pubescent. You know, they've already gone through puberty. They are going to be what they are going to be. And, you know, now in their 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old, you know, they're in their, their bodies. And now they're going to change their bodies with hormones. Hormones are going to quickly change their bodies, which, you know, I personally think that it should take more than a year for you to be deemed a woman. I'm especially offensed because I feel like all it takes for a man to become a woman is some hormones. And all of a sudden, he becomes a she, and he is now a woman, and... The struggles that women have had as biological women, cis women, whatever the, the term is these days, is has, you know, has all of a sudden become obsolete. So here you have 19 and 20 year old girls. They've probably been swimming all their lives. They come into pubescence. You know, they, they have to, you know, there, there's one way to swim when you don't have breasts and you don't have hips and you don't have periods and all that kind of thing. And then there's another way to swim. And I know I don't swim, but I know about being in water. And it's another thing to swim when you have breasts and you have hips and you have a period. Those are all factors in how you relate to most things in your life, especially when it comes to athletics. So I don't understand then why a person who is in transition, which in my in my estimate, in my understanding, meaning that they did not, they're not there yet. They're in the process of being there. They're not a woman yet. Okay. They're they're taking some, they took some hormones, they took some hormones for a year. They're not a woman. 
yet. It takes women 21 to 30 years to be a woman. But, you know, some man comes along, you know, and I'm not trying to dismiss his his dysphoria and all that kind of stuff and his feelings. And like like uh, Miss Millen said, he is God's child, you know, respect. But one year of taking hormones and now, you know, all of a sudden, after a year, he's a woman. All And all of these attributes, you know, his training. His training as a man, his train, his his bone density, his muscles, his arm lengths, um, his his leg and thigh strength. The idea that he, I don't even think he has full breasts at this point. If he does, if he does, it doesn't matter. But you know, all of that is suddenly attributed to this person who is transgender, and I don't believe it's fair. For women who worked hard, who had to learn not to swim once, but to swim twice, post-pubescent uh, and, and pre-pubescent and post-pubescent, because my understanding is these people learned they've been swimming for years, you know, since maybe four or five years old or, or you know, beyond or older, at least 10 years. And these women have trained, and these women have uh, worked hard, and these women have gone out there and, and done the work and, and swam and, and put in the hours and the time. And a man, a biological man, comes in and messes up all the water works, forgive my pun. And I just want to know how that is fair. And... I, I was going to talk about how it relates in, in, in as a bigger picture to me because, you know, women have just come out of the proverbial cave. And I'm not going to get into that now. I'll probably do that in the next segment. We're just coming out of being who we are. We, we're, we're at the point now that it's the best time to be a woman. We can get educated. We have freedoms uh, beyond any freedoms in the world. You know, you have, um, and that's all over the world, across cultures. Women are stepping up into the world and becoming more independent, more free, more, more involved in their lives, more involved in their culture, more involved in political life. Women are not cattle sitting at home scrubbing the floors and let me tell you i'm a stay-at-home mom there's nothing wrong with that that is some hard behind work to stay at home to be a stay-at-home mom this is not discounting that at all what i'm saying is you are allowed to be whatever sort of women woman you choose to be if this is what you want to be you can be that if you want to go out and have a career you can be that you can be any kind of woman you want It's a great time to be a woman. But it's also a crappy time to be a woman because now we have a rise in gender dysmorphia. People who are not comfortable in their bodies as men and as women. And and you, you don't see this among women. You don't see um, transgender men going into men's 
spaces um, trying to dominate men's sports or whatever. You know, you don't see that. You see mostly transgender women. I'm getting it all confused because it's women, men who trans who transition into women coming into the female space. I understand that they identify as female. I don't have a problem. You can identify as anything you want. But biologically, you're still a man. Anyway, she, uh, Miss Mellon goes on to, um, uh, to say, well, this is what the critics have to say. They say critics argue that the NCAA's testosterone requirement for male to female athletes is inadequate. I was just saying that. Given the advantages adult males enjoy in terms of muscle mass, lung capacity, skeletal, skeletal structure, and other biological features. I agree with that. One year, one year, and all of a sudden, you qualify to, uh, to be a woman, to compete in women's sports. I, I, I mean, it, like I said, how is it that you, it, it could take you one year and you are suddenly um, able to compete in women's sports? One year. When, you know, for us girls who are born biological girls and identify as girls going into womanhood, it takes us a very long time to get to womanhood. 12 years, 13 years, you know, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, it takes us a while. We don't just pop up and become women after a year. And then we have to make adaptations. You know, we have to adapt. We have to, we have to uh, adapt to our, our changing bodies. You know, our bodies as little children are not the same bodies we have as teenagers and certainly not the same bodies we have as women. And then it's not the same body we have as a middle-aged woman. We go through lots of changes to be woman, to identify as woman, to be woman. And, you know, they get to take this little testosterone requirement nonsense, this little hormones, and they snap their fingers and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm a woman. I can now participate in women's sports. I am a woman. I get to go into women's spaces. Boys are built differently than girls. I mean, we know that. Boys have the T-shape, the broad shoulders, and their hips, said Ms. Miller. Girls have the hips. They've got more drag. They've got booze. They've got body fat. I was just talking about this. No, I did not read this article before. <laughs> Even Olympic champions like Kathleen, K Katie Ledecky cannot match the top men's times. Yes, a Katie Ledecky can beat a lot of guys, but in the end, the best guys are going to beat Katie Ledecky. Absolutely. The differential is 8 to 12% faster. Equally trained, they will always win, said Ms. Miller. While Thomas competes in NCAA division events, she has posted times that would help her qualify for the U.S. Olympics team trials, which are run by USA Swimming. USA Swimming is the governing body for Olympic swimming, said Ms. Miller. All the officials are through the USA Swimming, and your times count. Leah's time counts not just for Penn and the Ivy League, it counts for USA Swimming. 
And if Leah would get an Olympic trial cut, Leah could go to Olympic trials. U.S. US collegiate swimming distances are measured in yards in the Olympics. Distances, Olympic distances are measured in meters. But USA swimming recognizes times converted from yards to meters in its qualifying cuts for the Olympic trials. Thomas has also positioned herself for a berth at the NCAA Division I championships in March. Her season includes wins in the 100, 200, 500, 1,000, and 1,650 freestyle events, as well as relays, with some of her time setting pool, program, and meet records. Earlier this month, she won the 1,650 at the Zippy Invitational at the University of Akron with a time that was 38 seconds faster than the runners-up. That's a lifetime in swimming, said Miss Millen. Some other swimming officials privately agree with her, she said, but are reluctant to speak out. I've talked to some other officials, and while they say, yeah, this is ridiculous, I think a lot of people feel that they can't do anything about it, said Miss Miller. But you've got to make a stand sometimes. If enough people walk off the deck, or if enough referees say no, it will change. It's wrong. So far, swimming has not responded. So far, USA Swimming has not responded to her letter. The Washington Times has reached out to the organization, blah, blah, blah. I haven't heard anything. I think they are worried themselves, said Ms. Mellon. They get a lot of sponsorship money from a lot of big companies, and I think they're worried. They don't want to appear that uh, that they're not being inclusive, but this is not being inclusive. This is being deceitful. I, I agree with that. And do you remember, to the time when... Uh, the, the it was the fighter. Uh, she was also a transgender uh, woman, male transitioning to woman, and she beat the female um, mercilessly. Actually, <laughs> um, so the question I guess we have here is why do we care? Why do we care whether Biological men are competing against women. Isn't that what women want? Um, you, Michelle, as a feminist, isn't that what you want? And the answer to the question is no. And this, and this is why. We have... There, I, I want to go deep into... Not too deep, though, because it is kind of a rabbit hole, but... I want to go deep into what I've been observing in the culture in general. You know, you have so many, well, the culture is really weird. You have so many men in the culture trying to tell women, and this is is on YouTube, so, you know, take that for what it's worth, you know. But you have men, and you always have men who were telling women how to be women, okay, which I always find very interesting. I don't know, I don't understand how a man could tell a woman how to be a woman. And and, 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 you you really can't tell a woman how to be a woman. Just no longer than a man, a woman can tell a man how to be a man. She can raise a good young man because women have done that over the years. But, and, and men, I guess, have raised girls to become women. But you can't really dictate to all women how to be a woman you can say what you like in a woman just like a woman can say what she likes in a man 
But you can't necessarily say to a woman, you have to be this kind of woman in order to exist in this world. You know, this is what men like, this is what all men like, and this is blah, 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 blah. That in itself is an annoyance. What another annoyance is, and I think this should have been the first thing I said, women have spent millennia as chattel. Yes, there have been women who have broken out of that 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 moniker. They they they've gone into business, they invented things, they fought in wars, they women did great things. You know, they were rulers, they were queens. Uh, you know, they were great warriors and that ran across the cultures into China, into Japan, so-called patriarchal societies. Women have broken through. This is true. But in the Western society, it's only been a little over 100 years since women actually got the vote. A little over 50 years that we can open a bank account without having a male signature and get a credit card and and have debt and, and be just as much in debt as a man could be in debt. And women, even though there are some breakouts here, and there are a lot of breakouts, have come out of the proverbial cave, so to speak. And we're just beginning to get a feel for ourselves, who we are, who we want to be, what direction we want to take our lives in. You know, we, we, gotta, we have to learn that, you know, there's character that needs to be built in order to be the type of woman you want to be, that you, you are in control of the trajectory of your life. Birth control has paid it, played, excuse me, an enormous, an enormous role in our freedom, enormous, you know, I I, I grudgingly acknowledge even abortion, Uh, I know, Michelle, how can you be a a feminist and not uh, care about abortion rights, listen, I feel the way I feel about it, I'm not being hypocritical, I just think that, you know, there's some things that need to be discussed about female rights and how a lot of Black Americans think that Margaret Sanger was um, are sitting here crying and yelling about white supremacy, and Margaret Sanger, the very person who uh, founded Planned Parenthood, was a white supremacist. But I'm not going down that rabbit hole because I know how I like to to uh, you know go off the rails. I am really just talking about women in culture, women in general motherhood, childbearing, all these things, and just the the fundamental family, because I think the trick is also being played on the men as well. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break, because I don't want to run out of time. I don't want to I want to keep talking, and then my time runs out. But I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to end this segment, and uh, I'm going to come back, and we're going to talk about... Uh, how I feel that the male presence is once again invading the female space and why it's necessary for females to have that space and how culture is fundamentally erasing females 
and maybe in some ways playing an awful trick on mail. So if you made it with me this far, thank you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in the next segment. So I'll be right back. You are listening to the Black Eye Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the second segment of the Black Eye Podcast. Um, I hope you had a chance to listen to the first segment, and I hope I made some sense in that first segment um, regarding women and uh, biological men competing in sports with biological women. And I expressed in the previous previous segment why I had a problem that why I got I touched on it. I didn't really express how why I had a problem with it, and I hope I get to touch on all the subjects there that I, I was I wanted to approach. I have a limited time, and I don't want to drag these um, podcasts on too long because it's only me. So I I really just want to um, touch on the subjects of why I had a problem with um, biological men competing with biological women. Uh, I have a problem with uh, men, biological men, who suddenly decide they want to become women. And again, I, this is not an, 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 any kind of antagonistic way, uh, an antagonistic attack or any kind of attack on a person who has gender dysmorphia. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. But after a year, you know, because that's the requirements, you, you have to take um, hormones for a year, one year to be qualified to uh, compete against women. And I have issue with that because I feel like it takes a woman, uh, it takes a girl, uh, a person who's born a woman, identifies as a woman, is a woman, um, you know, no dysmorphia, any of those things. We are what we are and we grow up and we become, it takes a woman, a person a long time to become a woman, not one year, not one year of hormones and then you snap your fingers and you're like, okay, I identify as a woman. No, it takes a long time. There are several changes for a girl to become a woman. You know, it's it's, it's infant, it's child, it's uh, uh, preteen, it's teen, it's womanhood, it's, uh, you know, your childbearing years, which is kind of a thing all to itself. And then, you know, you have perimenopause, and then you have menopause, and then, oh my Lord, and it just goes on. You you are in constant change. You just don't wake up one day and get flooded with a, a bunch of hormones and for a year and decide, oh, I'm a woman. And so this is why I have a problem, you know, because you have these people who are suddenly, you know, they take hormones for a year. They identify as a woman. They don't look like women. I'm sorry. I'm, this is not an attack, but they don't. They, you know, if you look at, at some of these, these um, trend, trans women, you, you look at them and you're like, oh, okay. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've been taking hormones. Post, um, you know, uh, what is it? <laughs> you know, it's after they have, you know, puberty, post-puberty. Post-puberty. So what they are, they already are. What they have been has already been developed. You know, these, these things aren't going to change because they took female hormones. 
the, the size of their hands, the size of their feet, the length of their arms, their bone density, their muscle mass. None of those things are going to change because they took these hormones post up, you know, after they had puberty, post puberty. I don't know why puberty is such a hard word for me to recall. I guess because it's been so dull. I, I had puberty like when I was nine. So I, I guess that's why it's so long to recall. So difficult for me to recall. But I mean, really though, you know, it takes a long time to become a woman. And, and these people, you know, they snap their fingers, they take um, hormones for a year, and then they're, they're, they're a woman. They can pronounce themselves a woman. They qualify as a woman. And also I wanted to speak to the greater issue of, um, female spaces, because I think I, I might have touched on this in the previous uh, segment when I said something to the effect of, you know, women have just come out of the proverbial cave, for the most part. We've been sort of locked up for God knows how long, you know. We were considered chattel. We had to fight to feed our children, fight to work, fight to vote, fight for everything. We've only had to vote for a little over 100 years. We only have property rights a little over 100 years. I don't even think it's quite 100 years. I got to look it up, but I don't think it's been that long. And then 1966 came. And just because there was a march and a movement didn't mean that we had all those rights in 1966. It was 1970-something that we had the rights to, 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 um, to have credit cards and to have a bank account. You know, because in some places you could be denied a, a bank account or a credit card because you needed a male signature or somebody who was a male to co-sign for you. They still kind of have it on credit cards. Who is your husband? You couldn't have a credit card without somebody co-signing your credit card. And virtually the, the codification of you are someone else's property, someone else is responsible for you. We can't, we couldn't take out loans. I don't know, understand like how women can turn their backs on feminism. I, I, I and I, I do understand in a way, but I, I do understand because feminism has been painted as the evil of all womankind. It's the thing that takes women out of the home. It's broken up the family. It's done this, it's done that. And that's all bullshit. I'm sorry, but it is. Because, you know, men had an opportunity to go out and do what they wanted to do. I think it was 19, I gotta look it up. I, I, I did a, I had a, big study a book or something you know the guy the man took out the mortgage right he's taking out two three four mortgages and you know the the wife went to court and stopped him stopped him from taking out two three mortgages and she doesn't know anything about it about it and suddenly the law changes for her benefit now you ask me what does this have to do with the woman swimming uh biological man swimming against women well, it has a lot to do with this. And, you know, and, you know, you can argue with me and, you know, leave a message. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on uh, on Instagram. But women have had finally, you know, got spaces of our own. And, you know, I didn't appreciate that. I really didn't because, like I said... Feminism was sold as a book, as, as an evil against uh, the family. It was sold as a, a bill of goods of evil. Only unattractive um, women are, are feminists. 
And you have people on TikTok, these young kids, you know, crying. I'm not a feminist. You know, feminist is, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're putting the nail in the feminism. They don't understand what the price was paid for them to have this freedom to even speak. Because women didn't have rights, even here in the United States. If you had property in your name and your husband you married, that husband got to decide what to do with your property, even though it was yours. Women couldn't uh, uh, legally own anything. And so, you know, we're coming up into 2021. The best time in the world to be a woman. Oh, my. The best time to... uh, To live right now, the best time to be a woman, the best time to live. And here we are now. Um, we've got men who are fundamentally telling women how to be women. And women, you know, in my opinion, quizzically going to these men and allowing these men to tell them how to be women. And on top of that, we have men who are suddenly having a crisis, who are still biological men, turning around and um, invading female spaces. Now, I'm sure you heard about the the guy who, you know, he's I guess he's... He's supposed to be a trans man or a trans woman. He's in the locker room and he has a penis and he's in there with the with women in the locker room. And and what you know the 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 terrifying part is that all the women are upset with the lady who just said, "Look, that's not acceptable. You can't have biological men invading female spaces." Now you argue with me, you say, Michelle, you are wrong, you are wrong, let me show you how wrong you are. You're wrong because, you know, uh, a trans woman is a real woman. I'm not arguing with that. In my opinion, you're still transitioning. If I can look at you and I am convinced that you are a woman, then yes, you are a woman. But if I look at you... And I am not convinced you are a woman. You are just a person who obviously is in transition. Then I'm sorry you're not there yet. You're simply not there yet. In my opinion, I think if this if the the if you have committed to sexual the sexual transition, and I mean full commitment, then nobody can argue what you are. But as long as there are no changes. No complete changes, then you can't come to me with a long hair and some racket dress and some hormones that you took for six months and tell me that you're I don't care what you identify with. You can identify as anything you want. And I'm I wouldn't never ever ever you know disrespect anybody. If you tell me to call you a her, I will call you a her. Whatever. But there is no doubt in my mind. And I'm going. To, I'm probably going to go a little Alex Jones here because I got a little time to be a little Alex Jonesy here. But there's no doubt in my mind that there is something 
wrong here with someone who has, with an entire society who is accepting of someone who clearly doesn't look like a woman. And you can argue, well, there's some unattractive women and there's some women who look like men. That's a rarity, though. For the most part, you can identify a woman. For the most part, you can identify a man. Is is no you you can you know they're skinny men they're small men they're big men they're all sorts of men same with women small women big women tall women Amazonian women but they're rarities they're not the norms and for the most part if you look at somebody who is a woman you know that's a woman she may not be interested in men she may not be interested she may have uh, masculine tendencies. But you do not at all look at this person and, and think to yourself, this is, you know, this is not a woman. Now, as I said, women have gotten out of proverbial cave. It's the best time to be a woman. It's the best time to find out where you are in society, who you are in society. It's the best time to explore who you want to be it's about it's freedom all over the world across cultures women are finding this women want it women are finding it women are making strides toward it you know in classic examples japan like they they get married they're they're i know the last time i looked i think that was last year they want to drop the last name of their husbands they're like look i just want my own name we can be married i just want my own name I don't want to have my name attached to my husband. You know, you think about that the way you want to. But women are finding their voices and 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 freeing, being free to decide as human beings who they want to be. And I'm not mad at that. Just like if you want to be a housewife and you want to stay home, and I'm not mad at that. There's no reason for any feminist to be angry with a woman who chooses to stay at home and take care of her children. That's just as important and even more important than going out and having a career. Bringing another human being into this world, birthing another human being, raising a human being, crossing your fingers, praying to God, doing the best that you can, that that human being goes out into the world and is responsible and contributes. That is the hardest job in the world. Don't let nobody tell you different. So that's why I'm perturbed at the idea that woman, the word woman, is being slowly erased from the vocabulary. And we have so-called feminists, and I say that in high quotation marks, because I don't know what the heck they are, saying that it shouldn't be women anymore because it, it has men in it. I guess they forgot that it was the women's suffrage that got them the rights to vote. The women's suffrage that got them the rights to to own property, to be in charge of their own lives. Women's rights movement that got them the, the opportunity to be educated in Ivy League schools. It wasn't no no birthing person's rights. It wasn't no, uh, uh, I don't know what God knows what all these other things are. But it wasn't that. It was women's rights. 
because women and black people, and you notice that these two um, civil rights movement were, were simultaneous because essentially it was the same movement. The black movement for all black people, the, fe- the, the feminist movement for all female people, black women were, you know, straddled between the two because those are our, you know, we needed both those movements. And, and you know, black women were not recognized in, in black society, in, 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 in the female society. They were simultaneous because they were both suppressive. And so in the, 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 the acceptance or this inclusion, which again, I have no problem. You want to be whatever you want to identify as, you should identify as. I'm, I'm not into anybody's business. Why should I care? I care because women have worked hard to get to where they are. Now, women don't necessarily always completely and entirely had the, the luxury to be uh, sexually free. And still now, I mean, it, to some extent, and a very small extent, I, I'll admit, women can't just pop their fingers and take some, and become a man. It doesn't happen that way. And so I, I think this erasure of genders and, and these called gender equalities, because, you know, I, ha- I hear and I hear from my family members, you know, there are so many genders, which is I think is very ironically funny because out of all the genders, the people, you know, people are only still changing to the two, you know, males to females and females to males. Nobody's changing into these alternate genders. Now, I, don't, I don't care how many top surgeries you have, and if you still have the sexual organs, that, 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 that determines your gender. There is no other gender other than the gender that determines by your sex. Now, I know I hear it. I hear it. Oh, I hear it. Oh, God. Lord. I said it, though. If you're a guy, if you, if you present as a guy, Okay, and you are, you are, because uh, I get it all confused, you're female transitioning to male. I have to say it that way because I always get it confused. Okay, so you're female transitioning to a male. You present as a male. Okay, you got facial hair, you're wearing these shirts, you're wearing these pants. You know, if I look at you, I'm thinking, okay, God. No. You had the top surgery, you know, you, you're going out, you, you go to the beach, you got top surgery, thinking God. But if if something happens, you know, and, and you're thinking all this time that you're with a guy, and then, you know, and then you realize that this person doesn't have guy parts, then I, th- there's something that goes on here in my mind, and it says, you're not God. 
you present as a god you you can you can you you can represent being a god this is how you feel this is your identity you are a god but no when it comes right down to it to the absolute details of the matter you are not a god So it's the same thing here with this um, woman in swimming, Leah. Okay. One year she's been taking hormones. One year. And if you see her, you see a picture of her, Leah Thompson, and you see a picture of her, and you look at her, you don't think woman. You don't think, hmm. You you don't think that. You You can make an argument. There's some women who look like this. Very few, though. Not a lot. On the whole, most women are very identifiable as being women. In fact, I would go so far as to say when men make the transition into females, they are, they can fool you. But it, it's not always the other way around. You know, so there, there are some men who, but they, they've been doing this for a long time. They have the surgery. They've been taking the hormones for a long time. They have, they are coming forward, representing, all that kind of stuff. But this guy, this woman on the swim team, and, and the woman who did the boxing, because I think I did a, a podcast about the woman in, in the fighting. I, I forgot the, the um, you know, these, these women did not look as though they have been taking these hormones long enough to uh, transform themselves into womanhood. They still have a great deal of testosterone left. They still have the big advantage. And like we said, uh, like it's been said a thousand times, I'm sure you've heard it, I've heard it. You know, it doesn't change the, the, the who you are. I do have a question, though. The question is this. When did so many people, so many men, has have this gender dysmorphia? As I, I've been watching, you know, because I, I, I really do want to understand. I don't want to sit here and criticize and judge and all that. I really do want to understand. When did this happen? And should we believe Alex Jones when he said there's something in the water? Because that's an awful lot of people who are have, have gender dysmorphia. And I watched the young kids, and the young kids are like de-transitioning because they're like, well, yeah, we thought that's what we wanted, but then we realized that's not what we wanted. We're not trying to be the another sex. We're just you know, sometimes it's just puberty. Sometimes you're just, you're, you're, you're displaced or, you, you know, you have the dysmorphia, but it's not that you want to change your sex. It's just that you just could be queer. I'm not pretending to that I understand it completely. I really don't. But, you know, I, I, I get it. 
So I, I'm wondering then, like, you know, why all of these people, all these men, you know, you got men on YouTube, not as many as it used to because I don't listen to them. I don't know. I don't know how many people out there who are telling women how to be women and women who are licking it up like it's, you know, men are from on high. And then you have uh, men who are transitioning to women trying to tell women how to be women. And then we have women who are undermining womanhood by telling other women that the word woman is no longer relevant. It's birthing persons now. And and, and they want to sell you on this BS that men can have babies. So all of this is a great, I, I am perturbed by this because I see it as an erasure of what we have as women fought for for a long time, longer than 100 years, 100 years, we've had to vote, we've had rights, we had, you know, and in some cases, less than 100 years. The, the, the thing that is womanhood, we have been fighting for it. And all of a sudden, it's as if some insidious force came in and suddenly they want to erase what it means to be a woman. And somehow the men are being tricked into believing that, you know, whatever they're tricked to believing that, you know, woman doesn't have a right to do this and, and you're not being woman enough for this. And, and as if women aren't right to decide what they want to do with their lives, to be picky about who they want to be with, to, to, to value themselves, not as chattel, not subversion. But as human beings in relationship in equal in quality to another human being. Yeah, it's going all over the rails. It all started with that swimming thing. It did. It did. But it all ties in because I feel like I feel the same resentment when I see a biological man competing with a woman. A biological woman. And and the, the 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 prerequisite for this man to compete with a woman is that all he has to do is take some hormones. And the whole exercise to me is dismissive. It's dismissive and it's undermining of what it means to truly be a woman. I'm not saying that you can't identify as a woman. Do identify as whatever you want, but it takes more to being a woman than just pumping some hormones in for a year. It takes more to being a woman than just, you know, some breasts. It's more to it than that. And I do feel that the culture, the culture, they want to erase what it means to be a woman. And they're using both the men and women to help do this. I don't know. I hope I made some sense for you today. I hope I was coherent. I hope my sound was good. I hope all these things, co- you know, made some sense to you. These are my thoughts. 
These are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this? Are you a woman who feels that there is con- there's a, a, a constant war on women? That, you know, we're constantly being attacked and being derided and, and being um, dismissed? Um, how do you feel about that? Uh, as a man, how do you feel about uh, women and men together? Or biological uh, trans- women, no, excuse me, men transitioning into women. How do you feel about biological men competing with women? How does that make you feel? Do you have daughters? How do you feel about that? Let me know. Let me know on the voicemail here at anchor.fm, Michelle Hod Bailey, uh, forward slash, forward slash message. Leave a message here at the Black Eye Podcast. Also, hit me up on Twitter, MHB1070, and on Instagram at MHIGH101029. So it's my, M I G M I. Excuse me, M H I G H 1029. Let me know what you think. And as always, if you have been with me this long, I do appreciate. I do appreciate your support. I do appreciate your listening. And thank you so much. Thank you. Be blessed out there. Bye bye. You have just heard the Black Eye Podcast. If you would like to contact me, you can do so through Twitter at MHB1070, on Instagram at My1029, that's M-H-I-G-H-1029, excuse me, or on Patreon at theblackeyepodcast.com. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can do so through Stripe. Any donation helps me make better content and bring it to you. Thank you.